have a um, prophetic roundtable luncheon for pastors, prophetic pastors all around the city. And, um, and I really believe that the sound is about to break in over the city and things are about to change. There are a group of about uh, 25 pastors who have been praying together um, for several years now. And the Lord is expanding that right now. But the beauty behind it is it's not just networking for the sake that, okay, well, we should be united, la, 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 let's do this. But because I've been to some of those meetings, and I just want to kill myself, honestly. You know, it's just this is a complete waste of time. You know, there's more ego in this room than I could shake a stick at. I'm just being honest, you know, sometimes the church is worse than the marketplace, you know. Um, so, uh, but this, something different is happening. And I wanted you to know about what's happening because it's going to affect all of us. Um, there are men and women that are coming together and the, the walls have come down. And there's genuine love and friendship between these pastors and I told the Lord, and, and what I love is that prayer is the centerpiece of what we do when we get together. I told the Lord, I said, these men are phenomenal. They, I, would, I would shut down my church and go to their churches. Can I do that, God? Can I, you know, and, and, um, and they feel the same way. <laughs> they feel the same way. You know, there's such a, a love and honoring and admiration of one another that um, that's real, you know, it's not, um, we have to do this because the Bible says we have to do it, but so we're all getting together this week on Thursday afternoon, and like I said, there's going to be a hundred here in this room, and we're going to worship and pray together, but the Lord has had uh, me, gave, gave me the idea, or not the idea, I guess it's, you know, revelation from him, but um, to, to put together a book of all of the um, historical prophetic words, and then all of the current prophetic words, and then we've got these three big prophets in the house who are going to prophesy over us, but we're going to take all of that, and we're going to put it together, and and we're all this year going to come together and begin to pull that stuff out of heaven, that the words of God are true, they are faithful, and amen, and so I wanted this morning, one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to read a little of these, some of these words from all of these different people over a span of 40 years, and your mouth is going to drop because he's saying the same thing over and over and over and over, and you know, when God says it over and over, what he's trying to do is he's prophesying and he's building, he's building his story. He's knitting his story in this city. And if he can get his people to begin to agree with what the prophets are saying, we're going to have a revival. So I'm really excited about this. Are you excited? Yeah. <clears throat> um, and, and it goes along with the dream that I had about the four songs. I had it at the, the beginning of the year. And when I have a dream at the beginning of the year, what the Lord is saying is this is for this year. And so in the dream, I've told you guys the dream, I, had, I saw four songs that have been sung throughout history. The first two songs had already passed away. And we were now entering into a new day 
We're entering into a new song, the third day, okay? The third song, the third song uh, was being choreographed or being written in a glass room, and it was here at Storehouse, and it was, and and the glass room signifies the prophetic that we're that we're all going to be able to see the song that heaven is singing, that we're all going to begin to see the song that heaven is singing. We're all going to begin to see the song that heaven is singing. I'm saying that because everyone, it's going to be for everyone. It's going to be, everybody is going to see what's going to begin to happen and we're all going to partake of it. So they were, it was a collective, um, it was a collective effort by all of the worshipers who were worshiping this song and they were all writing it and they were all singing it. So everybody played a role. Every single one of us are going to play a role of getting heaven into the earth, right? On earth as it is in heaven. The, then the, um, <clears throat> uh, so, so over, over the song that's being sung right now was first Corinthians um, 13, and I wanted to read that to you because, of course, it's the love chapter. And what struck me this morning as we were, as everybody was singing, um, you can turn there so you don't just watch me turn there. I love the Bible, don't you? It's a beautiful thing. All right, First Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, verse 1, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand my all mysteries and knowledge, through, though I have all faith so that I should remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, and thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And then it goes on to talk about uh, prophecies, if, you know, but, but, but my point is that this is basically uh, God defining himself. He's defining himself to us because he is love. And he's talking to us about the fruit of the spirit. Because the fruit of the spirit, if you want to know about what God is like, God is love. And he created us for love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He so loved us while we were still sinners. He sent his beloved son, who was the word made flesh, who came into the earth, who was God in, as man. God walking on the earth, who was killed and died and hung on a cross for us, for our sins, so that we could be free. And then he died, right? He goes down to the grave, but he rises up on the third day. And he grabs the keys of authority. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And then he sends his Holy Spirit that comes and lives on the inside of us. Amen? 
so that we too can be sons, so we too can be love. And what, it, what the, the, the thing that, that just resonated with me about preaching this gospel of love, this gospel of the kingdom, is that when he told us over and over, commanded us, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, la, 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 la. Preach the gospel, preach the gospel, preach the gospel. And he says it over and over and over. And the thing that hit me so hard The revelation that I got is that preaching the gospel isn't just for the people who are lost. Preaching the gospel is for me. That as I preach the gospel and those words come out of my mouth, it helps me to believe in what it is that I'm actually saying. The more that Paul... The Apostle Paul preached the gospel, the, 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 more, the less he became and the more God became in him. Because what happens when you preach the gospel, you, it has to go through your brain. It has to come out of your heart, through your brain. You got to go, okay, what am I saying? What am I saying? How's this going to sound? La, 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 la. And once it comes out of your mouth, it hits your brain and it hits your heart and it transforms us. And I'm telling you, preaching the gospel is a key to being transformed into the likeness and the love of God. All right. So this is what some of these prophets have been speaking. Um, They all speak about the heart of Texas awakening and awakening with a fiery love revival which spreads all over America and to the world. Coming out of Dallas, Texas, okay? Rick Joyner said 20 years ago that he saw a heart over Dallas. He said when he came here 20 years ago, he went into an open vision and he saw a heart over the city. Bob Jones, who died, by the way, on Valentine's Day, his message was simple, that God was looking for lovers and not workers. And he said that the next revival is going to be a love revival. And the Lord highlighted that by taking him home on Valentine's Day. Catherine Brown, she is a prophet from Ireland. She said the Lord showed her that Dallas is going to become an epicenter for a revival movement that's going to impact the whole of the USA, Mexico, and Canada, even sweeping into Alaska, Greenland, and Iceland. She said that there will be surges of Holy Spirit power and conviction that will come like waves and sweep across the land. Each wave of revival power building upon the last. The first wave is being released because of an apostolic prophetic foundation that has been laid in humility in Dallas, Texas. This was back in 2006. Matt Sorger, also 2006, said, I'm about to revive. He, he's somewhere, I, I think he was in East Texas. He's at the pulpit. He goes into an open vision and he begins to tell everybody what he's seeing. He hears the Lord say, I am about to revive and awaken the heart of Texas. He said, when you see the heart of Texas revived, the heart of the nation will be revived as well. In the midst of this vision, he said, I realize that Texas held a key to releasing national revival in America. He said, we're about to see Texas revived and awakened. And then he said, Dallas is a key to this awakening. Um, Awakening, he said, it's about to hit America and the nations um, 
and, and, and hit America, excuse me, and the nations on many levels, including both spiritual and political. As the political leaders catch the heart of God, they will begin to rally to causes that are on God's heart. And he said, this is where we will begin to see the walls broken down once again between church and state. Can you say hallelujah? I pray to God that comes this year and some of these candidates get hit with the fire of God, the heart of God, and all of a sudden the things that are on God's heart become on their heart. Amen? Amen. Heidi Baker said this in 2004, and God's going to bring the church together in Texas, and it's going to become worldwide news. It's going to be on CNN. It's going to be on BBC, and they're going to say the Christians in Texas are coming together for love. And God is going to unify his body for the purposes of revival and love. And there's going to be a huge, huge, huge gatherings, huge Christian gatherings. I see hundreds of thousands of believers coming together in Texas for the purpose of prayer and fasting and unity and love and kindness. And I see them hitting the streets and the marketplaces with such compassion that it causes world news. It, it, it causes the world to stand up and listen. It, it will be on the pages of newspapers. And I see this happening in Texas. I see Texas as a leader in this nation. Then Paul, uh, uh, Youngie, Youngie, I think that's how you say it, Cho, John Wallace, Paul Kane, and Ruth Ward Heflin all saw the same thing. They saw Dallas like a map on that show. Remember that show, Bonanza? How did that go? Yeah, okay. For everybody who's over 40 gets that. Everybody else is like, what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> good, right? <clears throat> Samuel, what? Um, Anyway, saw, saw Dallas like a map on the show Bonanza where the map of the world begins to burn, but the burning starts in Dallas. Uh, Ruth Ward Heflin said, I saw America ablaze with God and I knew that the revival, when it had fully been ignited across America, Dallas, Texas would be the center of it. Amen? And then Rick Joyner recently said, just as, the rivers, uh, just as the water of the river of the Trinity has overflowed its banks, so the out, coming outpouring in Dallas will overflow the walls of the church and cover the streets of the city. So um, the way that the Lord has shown us and also threads throughout all of these prophetic words is that God is going to release this, um, this awakening, this heart, the love of God. Can you imagine a revival of love? I mean, who can, who can reject that? You know, it's like, uh, yeah, sure. You know, it's going to look weird. We're all ready for that. You know, we're all ready for the impossible. Nobody here has a, I don't have a good reputation, whatever. Who cares? Right. I mean, I have a good reputation in the kingdom, but you know, I mean, shaking doesn't bother me. I've gotten over that, you know, um, all of the manifestations of the spirit, who cares? But what I love about this is I, everybody loves love. And think about what happens when we all explode with power that is a, a love power. I mean, it's just, it's going to be so transformative. And I love it. It's going to heal people like that because they run into the love of God and all fear will disappear. Um, Peter Snyder said this. And so it's like the how. How is it going to happen? Well, remember in my dream, it was worship. I saw worship being the key to, to ushering this in. It's a sound that we've all heard about, and it's the sound of love that's coming. And the beauty of all of this 
is that this sound is going to lead to the next song that's going to be sung, which the Lord showed me. The fourth song is going to be the song of Ephesians 4. And so um, I'm going to read that to you really quick. Um, because it's Ephesians 4 where the Lord said, listen, I'm going to give you the uh, fivefold ministry. In verse 11, he says, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And then he says this, and see, this is what I believe that the fourth song is. It's the until moment. It's that until there is going to be the equipping of the saints with the fivefold ministry until, and that's what I believe the fourth song is, until we all come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we shall no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Woo! That's a mouthful. But speaking the truth in love, we will grow up, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So um, we've got some fun ahead of us. <laughs> Come on, a love revival? I can't wait. Oh. I had a, when, um, the only time I've ever been taken to heaven, and Lord, if you want to do that, like now or any time in the future, that would be awesome. <clears throat> but I was taken to heaven, and I was awake, and I was just standing there in front of Jesus. And he said several things to me, but primarily his message to me um, was that in the coming days, worship is going to be very important. And so we knew, being a house of prayer and a house of worship, that this was going to be our primary focus. And you guys have heard me talk about that and the reason why that is. But I think along with releasing this revival, it's going to come through this. And the Lord knew it was going to come through this, you know. And, and so um, I wanted to talk a little bit about this sound um, and releasing this sound, because in the past, if you think about sound and what sound does, sound is really um, what God has used all throughout history of humanity to create things, to tear things down, to destroy, and to build up. On the first day, he said, let there be light. So a sound came forth, and it took absolute darkness, and it began to, everything, all of the particles of matter was created, nucleus was created, the, you know, all of this begins to move in the universe from sound. And so sound was creating something. It always does something. And so he said, let there be light. And for six days, he spoke, and he spoke, and he spoke. And everything was created, all of creation, all of the universe, all of the stars, the sun, the moon, the planets. Everything was created. Man, ribeye, <laughs> bacon, all created, right, for the glory of God. Amen? Little Debbie's. <laughs> That's from the fall. 
I just want y'all to know I was going to give you heart little Debbies today for Valentine's as a gift from John and I, but somebody said, no, no, that's not good for them. Anyway, um, that's okay. Easter's coming up. Don't worry. They make egg little Debbies every holiday. So the spoken word creates everything. All right, the second thing that God used um, sound for to confuse the camp of the enemy and to take territory, such as the wall of Jericho. And so you've got them shouting around the wall of Jericho, which absolutely causes the enemy's walls to come down and for the people of God to go and, and plunder the camp of the enemy. Um, it also, do you remember the story of Jehoshaphat where um, he, he asked the Lord about all of the enemies that were surrounding them and, he, and, the, and the Lord gave him the strategy, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out with the army and by the way, I want you to take and put those worshipers in the front. Can you imagine all those skinny little worshipers going, what? I'm up here praising the Lord just terrified. But anyway, I'm sure they weren't. They were probably like, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Anyway, they did that. And what happened is, um, and I'll read it, 2 Chronicles 20, 22. Now, when they began to sing and praise the Lord, uh, when they began to sing and praise, comma, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, um, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. And then they went in and got all their stuff. That's what I love about the Lord. He's like, listen, I'm going to kill your enemy, and then you can have all his stuff. Just go take those rings off their fingers, their dead bodies, and, you know. All right, number three. He used the sound to cause the tribes to wake up. In other words, he caused them um, the tribes of God to get into perfect order. When God brings his sound, not only does it confuse the camp of the enemy, but for the people of God, it actually brings clarity. It's like a plumb line has fallen, and that's what I was talking about, the blueprint that God is releasing. And when you, when you don't have clarity, what happens is that there's a lot of frustration because this is how far you can see. And you're like, you know the promises of God, you know the word of God, but you can't see how to get to that. You know, so you're almost like the blind leading the blind. But when, but when the sound comes, what happens is that you have all of a sudden that, that is removed and you have the eyes of understanding and you see at a distance. And when you can see at a distance, you say to yourself, I know exactly how to build. And everything falls into place. It's like dominoes. Bam, 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 bam. First comes this, second comes that, third comes that. And all of a sudden, you were walking in the kingdom and now you can run because you can really see. And this is, I believe, this Joel 2 war horses moment where all of the sudden, the people of God are gonna go, wait, I can see. I know what you've called me to do. And I know the strategy of how to get there. I'm telling you, this is game on green light, run as fast and as high and as far as you can go. 
So in Numbers 10, this is what happened when they blew the trumpet. Numbers 10, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Make two, two silver trumpets for yourself. You shall make them out of hammered work. You shall use them for the calling of the congregation and for directing the movement of the camps. When they blow both of them, all of the congregation shall gather before you at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. But if they blow only one, then the leaders, the heads of the divisions of Israel shall gather to you. When they sound the advance, the camps that lie on the east side, now look what he's doing. He's putting things in order, shall then begin their journey. When you sound the advance the second time, then the camps that lie on the south shall begin their journey. They shall sound the call for them to begin their journeys. And when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow but the sound of the advance, the sons of Aaron, the priests shall blow the trumpets, and these shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your generations. How long? Forever. So this is what I feel like the Lord is saying, by the way, and when all of the tribes came together, the tribe of Judah, the tribe of praise was always in the front. And so he caused worship to go before them, and they were the ones that were the forerunners that began to prepare the way and almost part the Red Sea so that everybody else could come behind them. Amen? Now, Acts 2 is a template for being gathered together in one accord. Why? Because Jesus, remember, he said with his voice, when he was on the earth, he prophesied and he said, okay, let me tell you about the kingdom. And now let me tell you what I want you to do when I leave. Now, I prophesied to you and I told you about who I am and what is coming. I'm sending the promise of the Father. You have to go to the upper room and you have to pray. You have to stay there. Don't leave until the Holy Spirit and fire has come. And so they go to the upper room and they gather together. And when it says that they began to pray in one accord, what they were doing is they were actually praying the prophecy or the words that Jesus spoke. They knew why they were there. They knew what Jesus had said. They weren't really sure what it was going to look like, but what they did is they came together in one accord. And beloved, this is what's going to happen this Thursday. We are gathering a hundred local on the floor, on the ground prophets who have said, we are going to humble ourselves before God. We're going to come together and we are going to take the words of Jesus and we're going to begin to labor in prayer for the rest of the year so that this can come into our city. And I mean, this should be the most exciting thing that we've ever seen. And then like I told them, we're also going to be taking a lot of these words, or not a lot of them, but the little booklet. I believe that we're also in a Daniel moment. I'm going to take those, I'm going to take those words and I'm going to take them up to the mayor and say, listen, as a Daniel, let me tell you, do you want to know what the prophets in your city are saying? Do you want to know what the prophets around the earth are saying about your city? Here's a book, and it's all of the words over the city, and he's saying two things, that the sound of love is coming, and it's going to break open a great revival, and this whole place is going to ignite the earth in fire. 
and then ask him to bless that word, right? Amen. Come on. Anyway, um, so today, here's what I want to do. Um, Samuel and I, like in earlier in January, both of us got woken up by the sound of a trumpet. And we were like, what is that sound? Did you hear that? Because I was telling him about the sound. He said, I heard that sound. And it wasn't in, I don't believe it was in the natural because it wasn't an ambulance. It wasn't a horn. It wasn't anything. It was, sounded like a trumpet. And so after that, all of a sudden, I thought, what is going on? I can see forever. I have such eyesight at a great distance in the spirit, and it's causing the things in the natural to become so easy because it's like, it's like everything's just happening. I know that I know that I know, and a lot of you have already started to experience this, but I believe that a lot of you, this sound is coming, and I would really encourage you to listen in the night season for the sound to be blown over you because this awakening is not for um, the people in leadership. This awakening is for uh, the, the people of God, those that have an ear to hear and an eye to see. So listen, and when that happens, let me know because we want to start testifying of this sound hitting us. But um, I'm just really thrilled about the Hickmans and, and the team that they're building and, um, and how that's going to help release this sound. We have, we have guys, you all have no idea how much talent, well, you probably do, how much talent we have, how many amazing worshipers that the Lord has brought to this house. And so I just thank God for it. And, and the thing is, is that this, this fire is not going to come um, through any one place, but it's for the whole city, you know? Amen? So um, here's what I want to do. Um, why don't we all stand, and then afterwards, uh, if you guys need um, healing in your body or prophecy, uh, just come on up. And, um, but I want to pray that um, this sound would hit you and um, the blueprint would fall. So, Holy Spirit, I do. I just thank you for everyone here. I thank you for every family represented. Holy Spirit, I ask with, um, and I, well, I thank you first with all my heart. I thank you for the love that's coming. I thank you that the heart of God is being set in this city as a um, testimony of your goodness and that you are going to awaken your bride in the heart that you are coming after a bride and you are after, you are care about your wedding feast, you care about um, the, the, um, the bride of Christ, that it really is about love. And so I just bless you, God. I bless you in what you're doing. And we agree with the revival of love that's coming to Dallas. We agree with that word. We say yes to you, God. We say yes to you, God. We say, let it come. Let it come, God, for the sake of the nations, for the, for the glory of your name. God, let it come that you would receive the reward of your suffering. God, we love you and we want you to have the fullness of our hearts in love. And this morning, I just declare over you that the sound of the trumpet is going to blow over you and your family and that your mind, your heart, your will, and your emotions will come into alignment with what heaven is saying and doing. And I thank you, Father, that we will no longer have to labor to work, God, but that we can enter into your rest, Father. I thank you. Would you release the blueprints now? Let them begin to fall on us, God. And I just thank you for that, Father. I thank you for it, God. 
for the miracles and the wonders of what you're going to do through our people, through our family. In Jesus' name, amen.